0: Thanks for listening to the Dr. Drew Podcast on Podcast One. And welcome to Dr. Drew Podcast, everybody. Blah, blah, blah. Support people to support us, et cetera, et cetera. Check out the Instagram site, et cetera. But I want to get right to my guest. I'm very excited. Welcome, Lisa Lampanelli. Oh Lisa. Oh, my God.
1: Dr. Drew, oh. my freaking hero.
0: That's ridiculous. No,
1: you're one of my inspirations, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because you can be entertaining plus have meaning.
0: That's the idea. It's you got you to gotta get people into the tent and, and yep. get their attention before you can deliver the goods. Right. Do you know, Adam and I used to have a specific philosophy about this. We called it, and you'll remember this product. A lot of people these don't remember it anymore. But, <laughs> but Gainsburger, remember Gainsburger? Yes. So Adam would always say, "Well, you know, if you want people, to, a dog to take a pill, you can't shove it down its throat too many right. times. But you wrap it in Gainsburger, and of they'll course. take it every time. So Gainsburger yep. and the pill—that's the philosophy we've always used. Right.
1: So I feel now, like doing the things I'm doing now instead of comedy, that you still use humor. You get them in the room and then you can actually make an impact. And they may leave going, oh, my God, I'm not as alone or I learned something or I like myself better.
0: Yes. Uh, Humor is a great um, conduit. Oh, I thought you were going to say
1: like lube. No, well, it's it the same is. idea, but <laughs>
0: but it's a conduit. It gets you in. It lets yeah. you let, it lets you let it helps people let you in with whatever it is you're trying to deliver. Yeah. Um so tell me the whole story. What happened? Oh, You've
1: okay. Talking- so, you prob- you heard, which I loved. I I did the Howard Stern show about 3 4 weeks ago. Yes. Because I felt like I was being very uh, inauthentic that I wasn't
0: lo- Oh. oh Go ahead. That's Gary.
1: That I wasn't loving, loving comedy anymore, but I hadn't said I'm not doing comedy anymore. So every time I do an interview, I'd be like, well, who knows? You know, I just don't have any dates right now. And I was like, fuck this. I don't want to be a comic anymore. I don't want to insult people anymore. I want to do food and body image workshops. I'm taking a life coaching two year course. I want to do what I want to do. And I just screamed at my manager and my publicist one day, and I was like, please let me announce it. And I went on Stern. And it was like magic. Everything starts falling into place. You you called me, which I go, fucking Dr. Drew has my phone number. This was cool <laughs> as hell. And you were so nice. I saved the message. I was like, you were, like, were so nice to help me. And I'm like, all right.
0: But I, I was is- so moved for you. And I and uh-huh. I know I had a million different emotions when I heard it. Uh-huh. One of which was re- regret and and like – Please do one show a year where you told people. Oh I my school. god, that's that so kind of, funny. I had that kind of feeling yeah, too, yeah, yeah. which was weird for me. Right. I had that feeling, and then I had this. Oh my god, you've you've moved and transformed, and were willing to do wherever it took you. You know what I yes. mean? I, which yes. Which is a really important part about real growth. Wow. Because you you don't let the fear of oh my god I'm not a comedian anymore how am I gonna live you don't let that fear prevent you from growing into something else.
1: Well, right. I mean, because I said to myself legitimately, when this started, you know, kind of running around my brain about four years ago, I was like, okay, what's the worst that can happen? And now that I'm like practice coaching people, I literally say, if they're stuck, I go, what is it literally, stop catastrophizing, what is literally the worst thing that can happen? And I said to myself, okay, I never get paid a cent again. Thank God I'm a good saver. I'm not rich, but I got money. God forbid, I never make another dime. That's the worst thing. Sell my house. Right. Move in with my mom. I won't ever be homeless. I can type. I should write a book called At least I can type because I can freaking type for a living. I go work at Starbucks. People don't understand it's all ego with Yes. These I was going to say
0: that feels very authentic to be yeah. to be that in that space.
1: Oh yeah, cuz ego used to rule my whole life. Like it was the big crowds and the money and staying at the peninsula. And that's
0: fun and that's Of course. That's, yeah, it's fun, but it's not you can't you can't It doesn't sustain you. Mm -hmm.
1: As you know, it doesn't fill the hole. And what's funny is this week when I'm out here in L.A., I'm staying at a friend's house. I haven't done that ever because I'm like, oh, you know, I should be staying at a really nice hotel. It is so comforting and nice. And I said to myself, look at me. Don't stay at your friend's house because you have to do it because you want to and you can. So it feels really good to just anything that comes my way that looks kind of appealing now as far as the life coaching, as far as just the storytelling so people know what I really went through with food and weight and what they can do about themselves. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do it. It sounds fun.
0: Can can you tell us a little bit about the – without giving us the whole story necessarily, but where did it start? What's it, when, when, I, I'm not sure what, 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 what an injury. Let's see your own. Oh,
1: my original, my my original injury, like trauma or yeah, whatever. It probably was that because I'm trace try to trace it back. Because I say I, I I participate in all these seminars and workshops, and I go to myself. All these people are saying their parents told them they were worthless or they pieces of shit or overpraise them. My parents neither overpraised us or underpraised us. So it was never like what they did to us. Were they Guess absent? what it was? What? No. I realized they didn't like themselves. Oh. So they role modeled hating themselves. Oh. My father allowed himself to be yelled at a lot. My mother over ate. She looked in the mirror. She told me it was the saddest thing. She said to me one day in a rare moment of vulnerability, she said, um, Even when I was walking down the aisle in my wedding dress, I wanted people to stop looking at me. So she always hated herself. Mm. And I said, this is very sad, but that goes to the kids. Yeah, So me and my brother and my sister, luckily my brother, you know, went away to college at 18 and sort of went so far away that he had never really moved home, even though we're all close now. So I think he kind of got, you know, away from it more. Mm. But me and my sister were still caught up in the self-hate and filling the hole with food. I always filled the hole with serial monogamy. I always had a boyfriend. God forbid Mm. I would be alone. And now it's like, oh, my God, the hole is just, as you know, I'm not good enough. And now I go, well, if I have to fill the hole with something, it's going to be self-love and part service. That's really all I can do.
0: And service does go a long way to closing the hole.
1: Oh, my God, it totally does. Because after my dad died, I go, oh, my God, I miss Helping people because I I tried to help him as much as I could. I
0: remember you went back and yeah. lived with him for two years, yeah. right?
1: And he was such a guy. Oh my God, what a light! Like re- everybody loved my dad. And very soft-spoken, very humble. One of those guys who was a painter. He was a fine artist, but he'd never sell his stuff because he said it would spoil it for wow. him. Wow. He was just a gentleman, it's old like, school. Like, you know, with the handkerchief, that kind of guy.
0: He's like an Ayn Rand character.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he really was. And I go, wow, well, I miss that. So how can I be of service? And I go, this food and body image stuff it plagued me so much. I'm like, let me develop the, the play and now the storytelling show and now the workshops. And I go, boy, I'm making a real impact, I hope, on people who feel so alone with these food issues. Uh,
0: two, two things. One, yelling is not normal. Yeah. So your mom yelling, that's kind of dom- that's yeah. domestic abuse, right? Oh, it was horrible. Right. So so we always say when kids are exposed to domestic abuse, the boys become warriors and the girls become worriers. The wor- so the girls wow. act in and the boys act out. Great point. And so that may have been some of the acting in you were doing. You know? Oh,
1: without a doubt. Yeah. And also she role modeled overeating. So food is love. When I went away to college, oh, there was nothing that – I, I was in a dorm that was horrible. It was uh, all seniors and I'm a freshman. First year was BC, yeah. then Syracuse. Mm. And I was like, okay, I still have food. Yeah, food. That's my friend. And you go, well, this is where it all kind of manifested the food stuff. And then up and down, up and down until the weight loss surgery and six years ago, doing that and going, okay, now the emotional eating. Let's attack that.
0: Right, And so, so when you do the surgery, sort of the – the protection of the body goes away yes. you know, and then you're left with the emotional stuff. Which some people f- get very depressed. They flip out when that happens. Oh,
1: dude. I have a friend who lost 105 pounds also and he said, you know what? I miss eating my feelings. Nah. And I'm like, that's exactly what – because, dude, do you know You know, an addiction specialist. Yeah. It's so hard to feel and you can't go around it. You got to go through it. So here's an example. Yeah. Two nights ago, I go with my family to see this uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, it strikes me so hard, not the AIDS stuff, because I didn't live through that, the freaking loneliness. I said, this, Freddie Mercury. And I go, that's how I used to feel. But thank God I never went to alcohol, drugs, or crazy sex. It was always the food.
0: Lonely, even while you were a performer, is that what you identify with? Yeah.
1: And also, I think just lonely in life, of going, where's that group of friends that finally, thank God, i have developed?
0: Well, that was the other thing I was going to say. I said there were two things. The other thing, it feels like the trajectory to now... Really, the starting line for that was the time you spent with your dad.
1: Oh, definitely. And,
0: and so in a weird way, that connecting with him was the model for connecting with everybody.
1: Totally. Because my father, he had such compassion for everybody. I remember his hospice nurse said that two days before he uh, passed, he looked at her. I mean, this is when you can hardly speak with cancer. I mean, mm. really sad and she said he she said to him how do you how you doing Lenny and he goes how are you mm. so i'm like oh if he can act like that i can start behaving <laughs> you know and i just loved that he you know what? at at the end of his life i always said for weeks i go i want to look in the mirror at the end of the night and go my dad would be like you did well mm. and honestly it, it most days i do i always I misbehave at least 20% of the time. I mean, come on.
0: Meaning what? What is misbehaving? With food, Hmm.
1: yelling, being a mental case, being overly crazy. But this is the thing. Thank God it's only 20%. Right. The 80% is good. Hopefully 10% someday. BB plus at least. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm trying. But it's weird because I have hot buttons still. I lash out still but thank god maybe once a month instead of three times a day.
0: Just not that it's important but yeah. just uh, just cuz I'm curious. Yeah, what yeah. are the hot buttons now?
1: I my trigger, I the last time I had a full on freaking meltdown, a guy in the audience this is right before oh, he, I quit stand up told me to shut up.
0: And did you did Howard play that on the air or something?
1: Yeah, and I oh we I talked about. It. I went yeah, on TMZ yeah. and talked about yes. it. I loved it, but it was literally A man telling me to shut up. I have no idea why. It makes me freaking insane. So it just set me off because he goes, just shut up and do jokes. And I'm like, oh, because I never had a father who told me shut up.
0: Well, I'm wondering if it's more the mom piece because she was probably telling your dad to shut up all the time and – it's a good and, point. And here is this poor guy getting that abuse, and you probably identified with that, or oh yeah, it's
1: like I'm not taking that. Like, yeah, uh, you know, it's almost like I'm standing up for everybody who can't talk.
0: Which is like, your dad?
1: Yeah, forgetting that I have a pretty good voice myself. You know, I'm a loudmouth, so that was crazy. But then I go, well, you know what? It was kind of funny.
0: Do you feel guilty afterwards?
1: I felt like, oh, that one I let myself go on it because I thought it was like entertaining. Yeah. So part of it, I felt shame. But then I go, wait a minute. This is what I do when I do my practice coaching. I feel like we hold on to it and beat ourselves up. I go, guess what? It was one night. I'm a freaking great person. I do my best every day. Let it go. So after two days or so, I kind of was like, okay, I don't feel bad anymore. But, I mean, what's the use of hanging on to it?
0: No, I, shame and guilt have almost no place in mental health, right? Oh, but, but that's a pretty – Good job of dealing with shame. Most people, it, it it's either they're resist you know they're resi- resistant to it. It comes off them and they mm-hmm. can't ever feel it because it's too shattering. Right, right. Or it sticks and they can't shake it. That's that's most people. Oh no, I know, you know shame
1: is the root of every addiction. Right,
0: it's in there. Yeah, it's in there. And and, and I see lots of people. You know. They learn to live with it or they learn to, you know, but three days letting it go is pretty good. Um, That's what I'm saying. That's resilient.
1: Well, even the other day, you know, I had this uh, day of overeating and it wasn't disgusting or gross or anything. It was just like, you know, me and my family, we go to the movies. So come on, I'm not going to a movie if I don't have popcorn and sticking the straw in the butter dispenser, (laughs) you know, and just really fucking sucking it down. (laughs) And then we go for pizza after. The whole thing is, guess what? So. To one day. And you go to yourself like this. Yeah. I forgive myself. I move on. That's really easy now. But I also am accountable, weigh Mm. myself once a week. So I don't, you know what I find with people, especially me and anybody I talk to, I'm like, okay, you find this place between letting yourself off the hook and beating yourself up. That sweet spot of like, hey, maybe it wasn't the best, but I'm letting it go. But that whole like, uh, Not – letting yourself off the hook ain't good either. Then you end up like overeating 50 times a day.
0: Right. Completely letting yourself off the hook. Right. Yeah. Which I
1: used to do with food. Easy. Yeah. yeah. And yelling. I mean you wouldn't believe it. Dude, when I used to yell at people – first of all, I have the loudest voice. I'd never do it in here because you would – be dying you'd be shattered so i would love yelling at people and then coming home and telling the stories to like whoever i was dating or married to because they were funny you mean
0: yelling in the audience
1: no 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 no. at people oh like at the starbucks at the people's people's bank this that and they were funny because i yell funny stuff but it's still mean and off-putting and i was like like hairdressers like it was insane like still hotel clerks dude after I, after my dad died, I, every time I checked into a hotel, I'd say, um, "By the way, thank you for having me again." And I'm so sorry if I yelled at you last time because <laughs> I would always do this. I just was I had so much anger, and then my dad. But died. You, but
0: you had this observing part of you that can make it funny,
1: that, and that like I was like kind of proud of myself because yeah, I yeah. sounded like mom, and mom's funny. Oh, interesting, right? Yeah. But then I go, "Oh, my dad would be so disappointed in me." Oh, uh. so then. I said, let me not do this anymore. For three years, I think I was so perfect. But then, of course, one sneaks in here one, once a month or so. But I said, hey, it's better than three times a day. What am I going to do?
0: What's the latest one?
1: The latest one was that one in June. and then But that was in
0: an audience. And true. it was funny.
1: Wait, something happened a few weeks ago. I got really mad about something. God, it escapes me. Well, but I, I legitimately did yell at somebody. And I was very ashamed of myself. It wasn't like a public thing or – I think it was a friend or – oh, no. Oh, my god. It was horrible. Oh, my god. I, I, I can't even believe I'm talking about this. OK. I went to Iceland with my niece, her mom, which is my sister-in-law who I freaking love and they're one of my sister-in-law's best friends. We go. It's right around the time I retire from comedy. So I'm emotional anyway. Sure. They had made up an itinerary that was all outdoorsy. Well, I'm too busy to look at the itinerary and I forget. I have no control of this itinerary and also I fucking hate the outdoors. Like, dude, it's so cold and rainy and wet. So I'm in the worst mood and I'm sort of feeling dragged along even though it was always up to me to go, oh, let me change the itinerary with you. Of course. No, I keep my dopey mouth shut, have no boundaries. And then the last day, I fucking (laughs) went nuts. I let loose. So bad. On all three of them? No. Um, I actually vented. This was so uh. fucking shameful. <laughs> I vented to my niece about the entire thing. Oh, boy. She's 18. Yeah. She's very mature. Sure. Guess what? She's not an adult. Uh-oh. I figured that out. Uh-oh. They're not adults yet. No, not at all. 25 maybe is uh, you can vent uh, to. Yeah. I'm a fucking idiot. So I end up going, apologizing this, that, the other. And thank God they've let it go. But dude, I had three months of torturing myself, and I went back to therapy. I went to life coaching. I went to a DBT specialist. I was just like, I am not yelling at people anymore, and I'm figuring out how to have boundaries.
0: And so, does DBT help you when That's when awesome. you when you so when you get into those moments, you're mm-hmm. able to perceive other people's contents of their minds. Yes, you can and stop yourself. Well, right?
1: DBT, to this chick, it's almost like managing distressing emotions. Right. So before they get nuts. But
0: it's also being able to keep other people in mind as they emerge, right?
1: Well, you know what I love about how you said that is true because I've just started to really realize how much I'm compassionate now where I didn't used to be. Sure. So of course I should have. If I hadn't been so like overwhelmed and stupid, I would have been like, Oh, wait a minute. That's what they like to do. All I need to do is say, hey, I need a day at the hotel. I'll see you for dinner. Right. Which, by the way, on a trip to Italy three months later with my sister, I learned to do after DBT. And they were like, oh, that's fine.
0: So that's sort of the boundary part, but there's also mm-hmm. a piece when when we have intense emotions, mm-hmm. it's normal to lose track of what the other person's
1: experiencing. Oh yeah, like mm-hmm. why should I care about anybody but me? Well,
0: you're just you're just in it. And yeah, it's hard to be, to be right. oh now I'll be empathic for a minute while I'm going nuts here. Right. And, and, but DBT right. helps you with that, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, that, I that's love sort it. Of, I feel like that's one of the big. Benefits, yeah. because then, well, then it's harder to spiral out of control. Because you're like, oh, yeah, I'm affecting that person. Oh,
1: that's yeah. what I didn't realize. Because my sister in law said it perfectly. She was very upset with me, rightfully so. But upset, sad. She goes, you know, Eve thinks you're perfect, mm. and I, you know, she goes. And I, it, she didn't even have to say, now she knows you're not. Mm. I'm, I'm actually really glad they know I'm not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had been on best behavior since this kid was born. I mean, I have nieces and nephews. My one out here is 28 for 28 years, I never raised a voice. Yeah. So they don't know. So this nutcase comes out of that. I, I blame Iceland, but it really wasn't Iceland's fault. It's all me not having boundaries and not putting myself in a well, place. was pledge. partly Iceland's fault, be yeah, fair. We're too I damn f- cold. I mean, what the <laughs> fuck are people doing going there? Know, it's just because it's right? a cheap flight. Stop it. <laughs> it. It's not Italy. But you know, the whole thing is, I think I can handle it now better with this DBT, and I'm not surprised you like that method. Because the person who told me to get it is an addiction. Drink. Oh, interesting. Yeah, interesting. I called her in a panic uh, when they were angry with me, and I said, Paige, you got to get me the right." It's drink. a good
0: call. It's a good call to because you 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 were in distress, and DBT doesn't necessarily relieve really the distress. Oh, it's I a, know. Yeah. So yeah. Interesting. Okay. I'm glad you did that. And, and now talk to me about the, the workshops and things and, and there's one coming up on January 26th in Connecticut. Is that your yeah. home? Yeah. Well, what, near... I
1: live in Connecticut in Fairfield yeah. so we have workshops scheduled in Connecticut in Washington, D.C. February 23rd, Boston. New York, New York. Yep. Uh, Sonoma Valley. Where or... can they
0: go? What website? Oh. At Lisa Lampanelli's Twitter. You'll probably be announcing them there. Is there a website where they can find more? Yeah.
1: Every single workshop is listed on lisalampanelli.com. If you can't spell it, Insultcomic.com still goes there, even though I didn't insult anybody lately since this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: there's another product I've been talking about because it's good. It's called TheraWorks Relief. If you're one of these people that have overwhelming muscle cramps, I guarantee you, A, you know what I'm talking about, and B, you've gone to a physician and begged for some sort of relief. Uh, I've been on the receiving end of that for years, So, when TheraWorks Relief came along. I was happy to be a part of... Their promotion because no longer do I have to use dangerous medication to relieve these horrible symptoms where people can't sleep, they can't exercise, they can't get through their day. Therox Relief is a non-greasy foam that's clinically proven to relieve muscle cramps fast and reduce muscle soreness. With daily use, Therox Relief can prevent muscle cramps before they start. So just use it twice a day and those nocturnal cramps are gone. Full night of sleep ahead. Therox Relief only takes minutes to apply. It absorbs quickly and it works. People love it. I've been giving it to patients and family and they are swearing by it. I recommend Theraworks Relief. It's my choice for preventing and relieving muscle cramps. Make it yours, too. Get Theraworks Relief in the pain relief aisle at Walmart, CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, or by discussing it with your pharmacist. They are as enthused as I am. Learn more at theraworksrelief.com. That is Theraworks Relief for your muscle cramps. Well, we use a Zoom all the time here. Video conferencing has changed everything. And I don't know if you're like me. I was always sort of getting through different kinds of video conferencing technologies and then along came Zoom. And that's it. That's where I am now. Flawless video, pin drop, clear audio. Sometimes I just use the audio for phone conferencing. Instant sharing across any device, desktops, laptops, tablet, mobile, whatever it is. And how about the first time you see 49 faces participating live on the screen? It's right? something. And with Zoom, you can share anything with anyone from any device. That's a Word file, a spreadsheet, a presentation deck, a YouTube video. You can do anything, photos from your phone. Zoom is everything you wanted. They thought of everything for the video conferencing, and they created it, zoom.us. You can even set up a green screen, whatever you want to do. It's all there. It's flexible. And, well, if you already know Zoom and you use it, you know what I'm talking about. But If you don't, find out by visiting zoom.us and you set up your free account today. That's it, zoom.us. Get your free account going. It is Meet Happy with Zoom Video Communications. Again, set up that free account today at zoom.us.
1: But yeah, the, the workshops are cool because, you know... You know these places like Kripalu and all these joints, like yeah. Canyon Ranch and all? Yes. They have these three-day workshops that deal with the subject. So I took- The,
0: the subject being?
1: Uh, no, a particular subject. A subject, yeah. So since food and body image struggle is my whole thing, I said, let me pair up with a yoga teacher who knows this meditation, this uh, this yogurt, all That's this stuff I can't- Tia Martin. Yeah, she's amazing. Yep. Couldn't care less about none of these things. She does the meditation. I close my eyes, pretend I'm doing it, I take a nap. But you've got the spiritual element, we've got storytelling in it, we've got, you know, you know, group uh, discussion exercises. It's so sound that all I say is to people, look, you aren't gonna like Frank and lose weight. You're not gonna start exercising, we're not holding you accountable you will if you at least participate a little find a little peace around food and body image there's no guarantee but guess what you cannot go through 3 days or even a whole day or even an evening workshop and not at least if you're open feel a little more peaceful that's the whole goal what else is there
0: well in the when you get the peace all the behaviors tend to settle a bit too right
1: that's true because you know what's funny i uh You know, I stayed the same weight. thank God, six years now. However, I feel more peaceful now, even if the weight had nothing to do with it. Meaning I – it took me six years to feel like, oh my God, I think I can handle food at least 80% of the time. Mm -hmm. Dude, my body image – there's something mentally wrong with me because i have so much good body image now like i think i'm <laughs> fucking awesome like i i'm without clothes i'm horrible but i will tell you like i'll walk by a mirror and go you're so cute <laughs> so it's this weird thing once you go i just accept me like mm-hmm. i'm not better than anyone i'm not less uh it's I'm fine i'll women, live
0: women really have trouble with that don't they oh my god and, and gay did, men gay men too
1: we had a lot of gay men in my first one that I did and it was like really sad because you're just like, oh my God, the pressure we put on ourselves. Well, I was just going
0: to say part of it though, women put pressure on one another and gay men put pressure on one another. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so who's putting pressure on the straight men? Nobody. Nobody. They yeah. can be
1: fucking fat. <laughs> this is the thing. These men, I don't understand where they get the self-esteem. God right. bless them. Jimmy Big Balls, my my ex-husband. He was 360 pounds when I married him. He thought he was the shit. <laughs> you know, God bless him. I think because they have these moms who love them. Yes. you know. Pe- period. Oh, yeah. That's no, it. No matter what. Nope. He, Jimmy, I swear to God, didn't know how to do laundry till I met him. Thank His God my mother still was, loved him. Thank
0: God my mom was abusive. And I'm very sweetness. happy
1: for you. It did your wife a lot of favors it's right in, there. It did. It's true. It's true. It's really interesting, too, how uh, <laughs> you always see, as you know, the couples on TV, the fat husband, the hot wife, all that stuff. Where's the fat... Horrible-looking wife and the hot husband on TV. Where? Hmm. Never. Hmm. And I think we need to rectify that. It's time. It's about goddamn time. <laughs> this is us have two fat people together. God bless, but come on. Yeah, yeah. Let's do something real. So
0: who do you want to come to these things?
1: Oh, who? you know what? Anyone who's open to just looking inside for a little bit.
0: Okay, it feels like more than just body image and, and food stuff, though, right?
1: It's You know what? You can literally take – The exercises we do and the program we do for three days or for the evening or wherever they book us for, you can pretty much apply any subject, meaning we do one on change. There's uh, also seminars, workshops on – called When It's Time to Change. Dude, she retired, my partner there, the yoga teacher, retired from being a lawyer to do this. I retired from being a stand-up comic. It's like if we can change – because don't you agree it's harder to leave a good job than a bad one? Yes, I mean you are used to the money. You are used to having that little cachet that comes from being. This is
0: the part I am in in admire so much what you are doing, which which is that being willing to do whatever it takes to become who I am. Yeah, you know, and and people when they do therapy, oftentimes Mm -hmm. they they want you to they want the the patients want Mm -hmm. to be fixed. Now as I am in my current situation mm-hmm. with my current job, with my cur- as I currently see myself, just fix that Right. as opposed to being willing to transform and grow into whatever, whoever you're supposed to be. Right. Which is a very different thing.
1: You're right because I couldn't do it if I was still doing comedy because part of me felt like – you'll understand this. A lot of people won't. OK. I don't think I was ever a comic I think I legitimately wanted to just connect with people and connect people to each other in some way, and comedy just happened to be what I used for thirty years. I would
0: argue that's how a lot of comedians yeah. achieve what they're looking for—the same thing you got yeah. and did it the same way.
1: And now that I see, connection is so much more powerful for Real, me. Real, true at least, connection, rather than yeah, yeah
0: pseudo connections. Right,
1: right with small groups of women and men who do yeah. workshops with me or like say um, you know I do a storytelling show with different actors talking about food and weight issues but it's is really funny but also heartfelt is that some, um, is that different
0: than these things we're talking yeah, about yeah
1: it's called losing it and it's uh, going to be in theaters all over we did three of them this year and it was so freaking beautiful because everybody's laughing and then crying uh-huh. i love that. Mm. that that and they just felt less alone when they left mm. I, we have tape of testimonials of people just All ages, like teenage girls crying and I'm like, oh my god, this is great. So I feel like, okay, that's the kind of stuff that really connects them to each other and to me. So I don't – I think maybe that's why I got shit from a lot of comics years ago because they're like, oh, like maybe they sensed I was not really – I was just kind of using comedy versus me being that Seinfeld who works on that joke and crafts it so beautifully. give a fuck less – yeah. Throw cunt in there. I get a laugh. You know, I'm good with that.
0: Wait, what were comedians abusing you about? What, they're oh, God. About?
1: Comics were so mean to me. Why?
0: Well, they're mean to, they're mean to each other oh, they're like ho- crazy. Right? And I
1: couldn't hang. See, that's the thing. I'm not. I'm on stage. Yes. Insult, insult. Great. Everybody knows I'm kidding. Intention is felt. Beautiful. When I'm off stage, I'm not funny. I'm like, I'm like amusing and I'm fun and I have game night. and I'm like just really basic. But they would want to spar. Dude, I would go home every night from that comedy cellar and I would be bawling – because I'd be like, oh, my God, they're so mean to me. Now oh they all God. would
0: sit at that table upstairs, right? Oh, that right? fucking table. Yeah. Guess
1: what I used to do? I'm not even lying to you. <laughs> I would bring – this is years ago before uh, email lists were big. You'd have to send postcards so, to so people.
0: Very, very flush that. We're talking about the Comedy Cellar in Greenwich oh, Village. And it's this tiny little place downstairs. And upstairs, there's this table at the top of the stairs where the comedians sit after they have their sets.
1: I'd never sit and, with them <laughs> because they were so mean to me. So what I would do is I took my gay friend and my other friend, this assistant chick I had – who were also comics and I let them hang with me and we'd be addressing postcards like to send to people about a show coming up or something. I just bring a book. I do anything to not sit with these people. And I was so miserable. And I'd go home and I had a boyfriend at the time who was like, you want me to go down there and fucking straighten them out? And I was like, no. And you know what a shrink said to me? And I love this because she's right. She said, they're your best teachers. So she goes, now you'll know how to not treat people. And also, you'll see how strong you are if you can go there every night and not cancel those spots. And she was right.
0: And did you end up sitting with them? No. No. But you I mean, you that, still be about, around them. Yeah. yeah. I was still
1: like, I'm not not performing at the best yeah. club in the world yeah, yeah. because of this. Yes. So now, even on the, the dopey little practice coaching sessions I'm doing with people, that whole, like, it ha- doesn't happen to you, it happens for you, is so huge. Because it's like, we can all sit there and bemoan our sad life. Like your father abusing you. That happened to, for you, for you to learn, for you to have empathy and compassion. Me, hearing my mom yelling, now it, that happened for me to develop a, uh, you know the strength. But also- not, that's not
0: a, a contract I've heard before, but I love it. Really? I've not heard that. Yeah, I'm that so weird? fucking yeah. smarter than Dr. Gurley. It's good. I no, like it. No, but
1: isn't it so interesting? Because yeah. think about it. Have you ever done anything there's not a lesson in? Have you ever lost anything that you really should have gotten? No. You got spared that – say you went for a TV show. I've gotten so many TV deals. Thank God they didn't get on TV because suppose I'd have made an asshole out of myself. Yeah, The universe was looking out for me.
0: Well, now there's a whole layer to what you're getting into now that's very philosophical, right?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, which is kind of cool.
0: Which is super cool. Yeah. I, I, I'm attracted to this part of what you're doing too now, Yeah, which is not – it's not strictly speaking mental health or self improvement. It's it's philosophical. Well, it's kind
1: of combining like um, spirituality. Yeah, because it really is like going. Well, of course the universe knows what's going to happen. Like I don't say God, God, God because I don't know. You know, I'm not yeah. like really into God or nothing. But I'm like, oh, well, it's supposed to turn out that way, so it will.
0: The Great Magnet. Yeah. Whatever. But but this part, I, I actually personally have a little trouble with this part myself, which is, you know, not worrying about where you're going – I don't even know how to – I get confused about it even. It's mm-hmm. like I, I worry about going rather than where I'm get going to go. You know what I mean? Where I'm going to go is where I'm going to go and I, I I can't let go. What, but
1: what do you worry about going? Like what's the worry? It's like
0: mm, – it feels like this free-floating anxiety and controlling and that kind of nonsense. Well, well you know?
1: our whole control problem. Yeah. I mean first of all, we're doers. Yeah. This is why, by the way, I like to coach straight men. You would not fucking believe – I'm sorry, listeners, but women fucking take their time and I can't take it. (laughs) They call you and they're like yentering it up, talking about, no, they wanna complain a lot. Well, they
0: like, they're very rewarded in the sense of biological gratification from talking. Yeah, I don't like that. Men don't have that. I'm kind of a
1: guy coach. Yeah. Like the two straight guys that I practice coach with, these guys freaking do shit. Like I don't even give them the assignment until like right at the end and I'm just like, okay, maybe you want to make a list of things that no longer serve you and we can talk about like things to replace them with next week. Okay, fine. This fucking guy, he's like, okay, here's my list, Adderall, alcohol, uh, Ambien, two women I'm dating and I go, okay, let's talk about eliminating one of those. What would it – what fear comes up when you think about – by the end of the phone call, he's like, that's it, all five of them. I'm making it happen this week. You're going to be so proud of me next week. Guaranteed I talk to him this Thursday. He's going to be done with all of them because I like – do you think also when a straight guy who's a tough guy sort of calls for help, it's the last-ditch effort, meaning they really want help. Women it's, sometimes like the enter it yes, up. Yes,
0: especially if um, he's not therapeutically inclined. You know what I mean? If it's like this is a big deal for him and I don't like this stuff and it's goofy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He
1: resisted at first, this guy, Wayne. This was great because check this out. The real reason I think he got into it because he has a very severely autistic son Mm -hmm. and he really was sad that he didn't have the money to maybe give this kid like a lifelong home or whatever. So he was desperate. I mean his email to me was fucking desperate. I said, oh, this is good to practice with this guy. Within 10 minutes, he's sobbing. Mm -hmm. I go, oh, this guy's open. But at first, it was a lot of bluster and cursing, and then it was like the crying, and then that was it. He was like, I'm moving forward. Where's he live? Oh, I don't even know. Because, Somewhere on the East Coast, we just talk on the I, I, I'm
0: wondering if that kind of guy, the the blustery big mm. personalities, are, are the ones that will be your specialty.
1: You know what? I was somebody yeah. said that to me. I love these. Yeah, guys. yeah.
0: They seem to. I I, yeah. I can see it, and I can see how they would respond to you. it. Makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, because I have a lot of empathy. I'm quiet, but then I'll tell them sort of like I'll lead them in a direction, and they're also
0: it, used by putting people off with all that bullshit. And you don't you don't even like budge. It doesn't even affect you.
1: you know what's funny? You would love this. Uh, I'm sure my coaching teacher wouldn't be thrilled that I said this, but he said something about he was afraid his business was going to fail again. Mm. And I go, okay, tell me about the first time you ever felt like a failure. I don't know why I asked him that. And he told me something with his dad or whatever. Then he told me how his wife never thanks him for anything. And I go, I have a hunch because this is what we're supposed to say in class. I have a hunch. Do you mind if I tell it to you? He goes, no, no, please. And I go, I have a hunch you married your father. Tell me where I'm wrong. He goes, oh, my God. I fucking married my father. He couldn't stop talking about it. And I love that type of response because he didn't go, no, 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 no. Yeah. I have these women. Well, I don't think. And I just go, I can't. Like I can't. And I have a gay guy too. Okay, tell me how you do this. This one. God bless him. He tells me. He wants to write a book and I'm going to give him the spark to write this book. I okay. said, OK. I hear his story. The first time he was told he should write a book was 10 years old. He's 57 now. Uh-oh. I said, when's the last time somebody told you, you should write a book? A week ago. That's when I contacted you. And I go, I have a hunch. Do you mind? And he said, no. He goes, um, I go, you don't want to write this book. And he goes, no, no, I want to write it. And I go, OK, let's figure out how. Huh? Because he's so fucking resistant. He doesn't run – am I right? He don't want to write that right. book. Right.
0: The, the other way to do that is to go – I'm wondering. Yeah, you sort of wondering I'm wondering hmm, what mm. the resistance. Yeah, it, it's it's called therapeutic wonderment. And oh, I yeah. love that. Oh yeah, and people, you know, it, we live in this world where mm. everyone thinks it's supposed to be like Doctor Phil. We go, don't you know what you're doing? Yeah. That is goes nowhere. Exactly. That is not something that anybody would ever do. Right, right. Uh, because the force fields go up, and you're not going anywhere with whoever you're trying to change. Sure. As opposed to going. Especially when you know the answer, just go. I wonder what it means that you would take you to age 57 to have to get around to this. Yeah. I wonder if there's some, something about writing a book that I wonder what that might be. That's and, a really good and, way
1: to put it because he would have probably, you know, had not as much of The Shield come up. Yeah. I and think, now I'm stuck coaching this guy. I'm writing this <laughs> fucking book, which I found the freaking subject well, boring anyway. And and,
0: and you, the, the way to do it is just structure the hell out of it. Just, you know, if, an hour every day. sit down and see what you get. Blah, 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 yeah. And see where he, then Then you can talk about how he feels about it and right? see if something real comes up.
1: Well, you know what she says? I love this. It's Martha Beck Coaching, and she's fucking phenomenal. And she says, therapy is for the worried sick, life coaching is for the worried well. So basically, like, you can't. We we're not supposed to deal with real mental cases, right?
0: And, and it's it's interesting. I, I you know talked to some of my psychiatric colleagues who thinks we need, we need like different categories. Now. Mm. We we need sort of actualization categories, and we need coaching categories for the yep. well. Yep. And we and we you know because these are all different things, and none of them are about illness. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and and right. even Freud, you know, he thought his project was to distinct make the distinction between. Ordinary Misery mm. and Real Pathology. Oh, wow. That's what he thought he was doing. Yeah, yeah. And what is what is – because life – there's a certain amount of ordinary misery with life and coaching is about managing and living with that and changing yes. that. Illness is when you need a doctor, right? It's, right. Yeah. Which,
1: which, by the way, you know, we had to learn early on. Like, there's some patients you just have to say, "I'm sorry, this isn't in my wheelhouse." I'm sorry, I can refer you out. You know how to deal with potentially if you think someone's going to kill themselves. No. Like, this if is they, all crazy they, shit. N- no, yeah, no, which no, no. We no. didn't sign up for.
0: If, if there is impairment of functioning, mm-hmm. if there is active suicidal mm-hmm. or homicidal ideation, or even mm-hmm. mild, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, if there's thought disturbances, you're hallucinating, hearing voices, right? blah blah blah, right. Uh, you know, then, yeah, you need professional help. And by the way, coaching may still also be useful on the side after you get stable. After, you know.
1: exactly. Yeah. It's it's pretty wild. It's like um, I realize I need both. So some people just need both. Mm-hmm. Um, but, boy, it's so interesting to me. Like all this stuff is really interesting. Like I love um, that I still get the feeling or I get the feeling from all these projects that I used to when I did comedy, when I was really loving it. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, wow, it's like a second life.
0: Well, isn't that interesting?
1: Yeah, it's fun.
0: That's nice to have two careers, right?
1: Right. At three, actually, because I used to be a journalist, then I was a comic, and then this. And I think they used to say that people would say – I think years ago have three jobs in their life, and now they have three careers. So I just like, think it's—I
0: think you you serve your time in one career, and I think it's 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 cr- satisfying to create another one. Yeah, you don't feel, And I think people used to get stuck in their career and just assume that they had to do it till retirement. Right. And the whole right. idea of retirement is even sort of in flux right now. Like, think yeah. about it—you could do this pff, indefinitely. What you're doing?
1: Yeah. And what I said what was funny. Um, I really thought I was going to just retire. And sit around on the beach with my dog because like, okay, I saved money. It's fine. And like two months later, uh, two weeks later, I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to kill myself. I really want to do something that impacts people. But this was such an uh, – it, it just like flew out of my heart. I think that you just got to In a listen. moment or did it
0: come, come you? sort of come to you? It's sort of
1: – I always sort of knew it. But you know, then you get like, oh, do I really have to – then I'll have to fucking do social media. Then I got to fucking do this it all disappeared one day and i said make all that fun so, all the publicity in so the social media tell me about that
0: moment where, where was it where were you
1: oh god i'm picturing literally my third floor of my house i have the i live on the water so the third floor is so high up that it looks like you're on a boat uh-huh. you know so you don't even you see just sky and a little mm. bit of water and um i just watched the entire i think what seven seasons of mad men all the seasons of walking dead like i was just like I had the time off. I said, finally, you got the time off. And I said, I bet if I learn to have fun with this, it'll be okay.
0: And this being coaching.
1: It was all a combination. It was like storytelling, coaching. And I'd start making little notes. I'd write down like Lisa storytelling show, Um, um, life coaching, question mark. And then I was like, okay, workshops. And that's the one that I experimented with first. It was so much fun. What would you do? I went to a seminar at Kripalu on how to develop transformational workshops. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I
0: know there's that kind of thing out there. Yeah. They do a three certification. So you think, think of it as a trans- – oh, this is exciting. So you see it really as a transformational workshop. That's yeah. really what these are.
1: Because what they teach you basically is like, yeah, you could do an educational one or an instructional workshop. You want to transform lives and your own. The whole key to this is healing yourself through teaching people. Mm. So I basically, after I give a weekend workshop, say, should be in a better place with my shit like they hopefully will be. So, you know, every shrink, every life coach has a huge amount of problems. I mean, everybody would tell you they have all the answers. Don't hire that asshole. Right. So I go, wow, I'm going to take this course and see how to develop those. And you have to really it's – it's intense because you have to develop them to appeal to all four personality types, you know, earth, water, fire, and wind, and it's just like, oh shit, earth people want worksheets. Um, air people want, um, you know, discussion or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you really have to structure the workshop so all four types are satisfied. So that's why we had to take this, me and this Taya, and learn how to develop the workshop properly so people don't leave going, all we did was write shit, you know? Right.
0: They have to experience something.
1: Yeah. And uh, I mean, they all say they're like, making headway so and some of them want private coaching after that so i'm like oh this is pretty cool
0: that's nice yeah that's gotta be fun yeah
1: and well, that, that's gonna get busy what do you think about this i'm gonna ask your opinion there was a shrink in connecticut that reached out to me and because she you know heard me on stern talking about this body image stuff and she goes i have two clients who have major food addictions and body problems and um i'm gonna see if they want to do some coaching with you i said okay she emails me today and she's like, oh, I talked to my two clients. They very much want to meet with you. They could do it over Skype or phone, phone which whatever. I love because I don't want to go out of the house. So um, she goes, would you like to, with their permission, sit in on a session with me and them and learn what it's about and then take you know take the life coaching from there? This is the right way to do it, right? Yes, yes. Okay, good. Because, again – If, if it,
0: the patient's up for it. The oh, patient, yeah, No, both to of totally, them were yeah. like
1: really into it. Yeah. And I go, oh, this is so good to say yes to like something weird I never thought would come along. It yes. just seems in line with what I'm supposed to do with the openness I'm supposed to be having. Yes.
0: Well, if you're looking to buy a car, you are inundated with terms that, of course, confuse. I always think they're meant to confuse, like MSRP and list price and invoice price, I, I, a dealer price. What what does it all mean? I still don't know. Uh, what I want is the price that you're going to pay, and that is why True Car has introduced True Price they make it easy as they always do you will know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want including fees and accessories everything before you get to the true car dealer and true car dealers show you that true price on cars like the one you want all from the comfort of your home and you know it's a great price because true car dealers show what other people paid for the same car you want and they know you're shopping the true car certified dealers so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business so you see that scattergram? You see what other people paid? You lock in a price and what you are locking in is not just the actual price, you're actually locking in an actual vehicle on that TrueCar certified dealer's lot. It's the true price. So when you're ready to buy new or used, don't forget used car, exact same thing. Visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Well, there's another product I've been talking about because it's good. It's called TheraWorks Relief. If you're one of these people that have overwhelming muscle cramps, I guarantee you, A, you know what I'm talking about, and B, you've gone to a physician and begged for some sort of relief. Uh, I've been on the receiving end of that for years, So, when TheraWorks Relief came along. I was happy to be a part of their promotion because no longer do I have to use dangerous medication to relieve these horrible symptoms where people can't sleep, they can't exercise, they can't get through their day. Therox Relief is a non greasy foam that's clinically proven to relieve muscle cramps fast and reduce muscle soreness. With daily use, Therox Relief can prevent muscle cramps before they start. So just use it twice a day and those nocturnal cramps are gone. Full night of sleep ahead. Therox Relief only takes minutes to apply, it absorbs quickly, and it works. People love it. I've been given it to patients and family and they are swearing by it. I recommend Therworks Relief. It's my choice for preventing and relieving muscle cramps. Make it yours, too. Get Therworks Relief in the pain relief aisle at Walmart, CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, or by discussing it with your pharmacist. They are as enthused as I am. Learn more at theraworksrelief.com. That is Theraworks Relief for your muscle cramps. I, I'm just wondering... <laughs> To <laughs> oh, I like this. No, <laughs> that's good. Please. I, I'm wondering what the the psychiatrist has in mind of bringing you into the session, and I mm-hmm. don't want her to overwhelm you with a lot of material about whatever the mental health is, stuff is that she's probably going to talk to you about. Right. Unless, well, so, unless you're interested in that.
1: You know what's weird? Yeah. If I like to study, I would... Decide to go and be a shrink. Okay,
0: so not a, so, not a medical one. Yeah, I understand. Uh, so, uh, sure. so just be open and curious, okay. and ask lots of questions, and, and mm-hmm. let let the psychiatrist know that this is not something you have a lot of you know a lot of oh, yeah, big she, fund of knowledge in, mm-hmm. but you are wide open and want to learn more, and you are effective as a coach. Cool, that's it. cool. I think that's the way to approach it. Because because think- I think that what you're going to see is psychiatrists going walking you through symptomatology and oh, diagnostic yeah, constructs, and then. It's all right. Yeah. Do it. And then the patient talking about what she is experiencing. Right. Okay. You'll, you'll get Cool. It. You'll cool. Get it.
1: What? Can I say something? You know what's really interesting? I was talking here about I'm giving these workshops, giving workshop in feeling stuck or whatever, and helping people change. And I sort of got when I thought out in the lobby, I was like, Oh, you know, why I really like all this head shrinking stuff. If I, if I had more years left, I'd become a psychologist. And I'm like. I'm now limiting – I'm having a limited belief. Right. And I'm I, supposed to be taking that away from other people, help them through their limiting beliefs, but I ha- still have some. You
0: could probably do an MFT in two years. if You went full-time. Do I have
1: to study? Mm, quite oh. a bit. See, because when I did that – you might dig it if
0: you're passionately involved in the material. You're you know? right.
1: Because when I was at that Yale uh, summer course I did on acting because I need to prepare to act as myself. And uh, I was so terrible at this studying. I had my assistant write my paper on the crucible.
0: <laughs> and I tell you
1: what, people know this. I've been public about it. Even Yale knows and they laugh because it's a summer course. What do they give a shit? Well, let me tell you, she got me an A. I don't she understood know. that John Proctor. She was very good about it. <laughs> but so you think if it's a passionate subject, I might not be skeeved.
0: You might not be. I. I... I You know, personally, I always have I have these weird fantasies about going back to school and then being fearful that my brain won't work the way it used to. It doesn't, yeah, and and won't absorb stuff that right. Won't absorb stuff the way it used to, and that would freak me out. Right, but I do believe that you can adapt to that. You can accommodate that, and if it's something you really want to learn, I mean,
1: well, how educated are you? Don't you get a medical license? Yeah. What do you have to go to school for?
0: No, no. I, I well, oh, oh. I fantasize about uh, going back and becoming a hospitalist, or going to oh, certain, wow. certain subspecialty things or stuff. I just fantasize about that stuff. I, right, I, right. Whenever I get frustrated with well, what I'm doing, I go, well, go back and do that critical care stuff again. Right, and, right, right. And then I'm like, oh my god, when I when I, would my brain work well enough? Or right, I don't know. Just a weird little fantasy that drifts through me once in a while. Sure. Do but you, I'm certain do, it would.
1: have. Do you ever, um, you know what you said? In
0: fact, you, I just did all my, I did all my MKSAP and continuing medical education over Thanksgiving weekend. I did a whole shitload of it. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. My oh, brain was God, working. Oh, so you're was still working. on yeah, still I was cylinders? Yeah, yeah.
1: Now this general anxiety that we feel, like you said, like yeah. it's kind of just like a general worry. Mm-hmm. What do we do about it? Do we just like take a breath? My, talk ourselves. Uh, I can tell you, I,
0: I, I think anxiety is a pretty protein phenomenon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, I, ha- I have the genetics, so I have, I have a generalized anxiety towards panic, and I get mm-hmm. panic easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- before therapy, for me, I also was disconnected from feeling states. I had difficulty. Mm-hmm. I couldn't access feelings. In therapy, I was able to connect to feelings. Mm-hmm. And when I connected to feelings, my anxiety reduced markedly, and it no longer bothered me. Mm.
1: That's really so. Good.
0: Even though I have it, it just doesn't. B- it's just sort of a constitutional feature. You know what I mean? So you just
1: and accept that about yourself.
0: It doesn't bother me. Wow. It, it's and, and yeah, it used to bah, be terrible, but and and it's a tendency I have. Um, it's a lot less again. So for me, anxiety was just something I felt mm-hmm. as a substitute for feelings. Wow. Because I couldn't access feelings, so I could only feel anxiety. It's all I could feel. And uh, it was some sort of bodily based reaction to b- being disconnected from my affects.
1: How did you get access to the feelings? So through therapy for and me,
0: stuff? yeah, it was something sort of in the zone of what's called emotionally focused therapy, mm-hmm. where somebody just really focused on me and really listened to me, and I just tried to talk about feelings, and she would reflect. Wow. She would use her body like a like a antenna, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just re- re- sort of metabolize things and reflect them back to me. Wow. So I would sort of. Get them. You know what I mean? Because I, 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 it's hard to, it's a process, very mysterious, very hard to describe. Except, yeah, except yeah. I was, it was very important for me to be experienced, to be felt. The, the, sure. the experience of being felt by another person allowed me to feel myself. Let's put it oh, that wow.
1: way. Oh, wow. You know, what's funny. You know how many people think you're the perfect person? Yeah, I ain't. No, but isn't that great, though? That, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. I don't that's mean it in good. a bad way. I don't mean it in like, oh, he's a saint. But you uh, – I love that you now, and I'm sure you always have, um, talk about these things you had to work on and still do. It's, I love we're, that. We're all just
0: people. I know. We're all just people. This is – you know, I, this is what I say all the time. It's like I have my own shortcomings and my own things shit I deal with. Mm-hmm. I have this wonderful training and experience. So I've got this very specialized – Ability and experience of human beings that I just, I'm so grateful for and I right. have to share it and use it and that kind of stuff. But it doesn't mean I don't have my own shit. Yeah. Yeah. Is I guess a, we all do. Oh, absolutely. But the good news with me is that it doesn't bother me. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. And, and, um, you know, and not everyone has it. Listen, if you didn't have anxiety, you're a so psychopath, sociopath. Yeah. yeah right? right. So, so let's take be, that. Yeah. Let's be yeah. grateful that we have some anxiety. Right.
1: Right. Um, I have a friend who says the greatest expression. He's like, we're all just dented cans. Yeah. And some of us are trying to bang the dents out. Other people aren't. Well, thank but I, God, we're trying to bang it out.
0: Well, and today you, you enhanced something for me, this happening for you, and not just to you. Because, yeah. because even though, you know, I can joke about some of the emotional abuse stuff that I went through, still happened to me. Happened to me. I'm still pissed about it. Yeah. But it
1: also happened for me.
0: You're, you're, so I'm not sure I can replace for me with to me. But I can say also happened for me.
1: Well, that's really good because you go, you would never be helping the amount of people without that. No, I know. I mean, there's no way. And mm. think of how many. I know you're not an egomaniac. I know you're not that guy. But I mean, a lot of fucking people have been helped by you. So I, I
0: hope so. That, that's that's God, all. Yes. That's all I want on my tombstone is he made a difference. That, that's all I want.
1: And it already can be. That's what's so great. It's like what we strive for isn't really. You know, because it's not ego based anymore. It used well, to be with me, very there, ego based. There's a funny. I
0: I it's, it's I'm having an experience here talking to you, and it's mm-hmm. it's about me. Yeah. That I'm, so you I'm so ready for me to talk about me for a second. Of course. <laughs> which which is um, I used to ask my therapist always, "Am I this? Am I? Do I look a certain way? What? Mm-hmm. Tell me about me, because mm-hmm. I never had that reflected from my mother or parents. Oh. They never would give me anything except, "Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing more? Mm-hmm. And that was not really part of my therapy there because my therapy has had exquisite boundaries and just held them mm. uh, and wouldn't gratify me in any way. And I think that was the right thing for that therapy. But I do feel like – I sure would like a coach telling me what's good, you know, what works mm. and to coach me up to – be my best isn't that what a coach can yeah, do? It'd be sure, your best right sure. and uh and so it's just I'm having this experience l- listening to you like, oh, I would love that would be so great to have that, so yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure I'm not alone in hearing this that millions of other people must be feeling the same way right right now you're gonna get too busy
1: well, I don't know am i well, I, I you know what I think thankfully, you're I in Connecticut you're right. not New
0: York City because you get too busy there.
1: well, the thing about me is I think my problem is here, you can help me with this i take on a lot of things that sound fun and I love doing all of them now. Mm. Um, I need a balanced day. I think my life is balanced because I'll be like busy, busy, busy for four weeks. Like yeah. since Stern, it has literally been nonstop, barely sleep, but it's been all fucking great. But then I'll have the weeks of, oh my God, three weeks off, thank God. Mm. I don't like that. No, you need, I like you need a more. balanced day. Yeah. How do you get that?
0: Well, you're going to have to Structure it. Uh,
1: so basically, yeah. I got to go. Okay, four hours of work, four hours of like, yeah. And and this. if
0: you know, even though six people want me to see them, I'm just going to have to learn to say no. Maybe it's mm-hmm. easier for you to say no. I, I personally personally years of trouble yeah, saying that's no. Rough. That's rough. But you just got to do it. You can get good at it. You have to practice it.
1: Well, also, do you think saying no is a lot of scarcity thinking? Like, oh my god, if I say no, I won't get another offer.
0: Yes, that's part mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that especially early on, that's very very normal. Yeah, but it's also. I, you're maybe not as the way I am, but it's hard to disappoint people. It was, oh, I yeah. find that very difficult. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, they, I love that. How we're so ego driven that we're like, they, I'm the last coach on earth. How right. are they going to survive that, that's without exactly little the way, old me?
0: Co- exactly way I think about it. It's, it's like will they, right, be other right. They have something else, and and I'm just full. And I couldn't. Here's how I think about it now: is I I couldn't do a good job for that person. I'm too busy. Oh, that's I, and, interesting. And that, that's and, true. And, and that's not okay for me to do a job not well done. Right, because it
1: would be kind of like if you're looking at the clock going, oh, boy, this other one's got to be squeezed and it's no good. No,
0: you're not going to be fully present.
1: Now tell me, as a moral person, Hmm. am I doing this right? I'll tell you what it is. Okay, so not certified yet, practice coach. These people know I'm not certified. I have a 10-minute phone call with them before I even take them on. I go, listen, because it's practice, remember, you have that in your head, I'm only charging you. Practice rate, which is twenty five to fifty dollars, depending on your job, and you Venmo it to me. Then I give it to a charity. Because mm. come on, do I need fifty dollars? Come on, let's nice. not be a schnorrer about it. That's nice. So and you
0: want them invested in it, so that you want them. Yeah, you have to charge yeah, something, right?
1: So, do you think that's a moral way to do this? I do
0: one hundred percent. The only thing. I would want some sort of supervising something, mm-hmm. somebody you could go back to and reflect on what's happening with like oh, a supervisor.
1: So maybe yeah. I can tape some sessions and I'll tell them obviously tape or and then or say, just hey am or, I doing this right
0: or just you don't need to tape it just go back to your the, I mean I'm sure there are people that supervise these mm-hmm. things and just oh, yeah. get, get a supervising session you know every oh, so often yeah. and then you're then you're done then you're completing this because that's how people become great yeah. I and mean, that's how we give people their clinical hours it's not. You know, I spent years and years and years under attendings and things doing stuff. And sure. some of it I made lots of decisions on my own and would go back to them. I would actually tell them the next day when I did. Okay. And, okay. But I had that supervision. Okay. And so it's important. That's really to have that. smart. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Because,
1: yeah. Cause, yeah and, and again, I have this weird, again, scarcity thinking of like, oh my God, not scarcity, um, low self worth feeling of like, oh my God, when I'm really certified, like, I can't ask for too much money. I mean, I can't. I mean, I'm just me. Yeah, I have that problem too. You did too?
0: Yeah, I still have it. Taking money from people for service is really awkward very uncomfortable. Right. And and I, you know, when I was treating addicts and alcoholics, I never really made a living there. It was just sort of a, a job of passion. Yeah. And but there are, are there insurances that will cover that kind of thing. That feels better when I third parties it. pay for I it. Wish. <laughs> I wish. I like, wish. But
1: part of me goes, so what? Like you know what? Look,
0: they want it and they're willing to pay for it, and and they get getting something good out of it. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to know that you're helping people, and that if they didn't, if they weren't getting something out of it, they'd they'd stop. They'd wrap it up.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And you know what the thing is? I'll work on that as they're working on this stuff. Yeah. And hopefully it'll kind of converge and we'll each get better. And and
0: fortunately, you're not business motivated for this. No. It's just you want to do what's fair and what's appropriate and be compensated for your professional work and that's that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of – this is so cool to have just a whole new world that just I'm so excited feel for you. I, I'm it, still
0: I'm still conflicted. I still at least want uh, one. I would do show as
1: one comedy show a year. It's like please listen don't leave us. but it can't be about us. Um, well I will tell you honestly and I mean this when my show, my storytelling show comes to town, oh, you have to see it out. I'll 100%. tell you why you will laugh. I I, I challenge that I, I would put my money on this that you will laugh just as hard. But then also leave and go, wow, I felt something too. I
0: can't wait. Yeah. Because it's kind
1: of interesting to go, I'm still doing – I can't shake the comedy thing. You just can't. When you're telling a story, humor comes out because what happened was funny in hindsight. So I just love that it's put together that way. But,
0: but humor is how you connect. It's a way of connecting. Yeah. It's a it's a, it's a kicking the door open. Yeah. Is it going to be out here in Los Angeles or New York? Where is it going to be? Uh,
1: all over the country next year. So the dates will be on lisalampanelli.com.
0: Okay. I got to go. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I would love that. You're oh. my
1: special guest. Oh,
0: my God. I can't wait. <laughs> where, where is it going to be out here? Do you know?
1: Oh, not yet. Not yet. Like big rooms, big um, theaters and stuff? I want to shoot for, uh, at first, 500 because you know what? It's intimate. It's storytelling. Yes. We do have a booking that I didn't announce yet. That I can't announce yet. That's at a twenty five hundred seat place. Yeah, it seems a little big for this kind of thing. Yeah, But yeah. I even said to the guy, "Look, you know, we're gonna try it because who turns down that kind of money?" But then you go, "Okay," but I have a feeling I've done it at rooms that are about five hundred. And that's perfect. Oh, I can't wait. It's really it. nice. It's- I'm
0: so happy for you, Lisa. Congratulations. Oh, I can't a-
1: even tell you how grateful I am that you got in touch with me. This is so fantastic. I, I,
0: I, and this is sort of a, a closing thought. But you know when people are in the right zone they feel grateful.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Th- that's,
0: that's when pe- I know that people are doing what they should be doing because they're so grateful to be yeah. doing it for the opportunity and oh. that gratitude is such a healthy emotion. So,
1: uh, Isn't it the best? Doesn't mm-hmm. it kind of counteract almost everything? Because I yeah. would say gratitude and resentment can't coexist. No.
0: They, it's it's pretty hard. And yeah. and, and when you when you know – when gratitude bubbles up, you know – for me, it's like a guidepost. Like, oh, yes. I must be sort of OK because I'm feeling pretty grateful.
1: Right? So, yes. Like here yeah. I was in West Hollywood in my friend's apartment, tiny apartment, driving their freaking dopey Prius, and I'm feeling all grateful. I'm like, what the hell happened to Lisa? <laughs> uh, all right, we'll
0: leave it at that. I love you, buddy. Thank you, I Love you, too. Bye. See you next time.